Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt, as Private Detective Dan Williams. Oh, shoot! I totally forgot that someone hit me in the gut with a bullet last time. Brian, as Special Agent Jack Whiteside. God damn it, Danny, stop complaining about your little wound. And Gabe as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. Sports Center's been really going down the tubes lately. Well, welcome, players. Let's begin by checking the mailbag for any letters from beyond. <coughs> it's in a coffin, see? It's not <laughs> yeah. really a bag. It's like, okay. Why would you lie to our fans? All right, on Facebook, uh, we would like to welcome new followers Dan Butler, Bob Bieber, and Lars Christian Detlefsen. I'm sure I nailed that. Nailed it. Detlefsen is, uh, you know, my maiden name. <laughs> on Reddit, uh, we would like to thank Wyckoff H1, Malambra57, and Rogius Rogue for discussing their favorite and least favorite episodes. And a big hug to Bite of Pear, Nyad Naturalist, and Theos Chaos for chiming in on the various threads. We love the passion and the thoughtful critique. Mm-hmm. Except for Matt, he hates it. Yeah, uh, I can't stand thoughtful critique. Unthoughtful critique is okay, but... Thoughtful know. critique killed my parents. And finally on Twitter, we did have one very strange tweet from at the real weird kid. And he said... I just want to put on the record that is officially at Brian Podcast's fault that I got shot. That is all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, shoot. Does anybody know what time it is? Uh, 11.23. Time for you to get a watch. Time to pay the bills. Let's take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Having a hard time getting the attention of your kids. Is that someone special just not noticing you as your spouse spending too much time out of the house? Reach out and bring them back with our new service, LiftNapped. Simply upload a current photo of the person you'd like, uh, lifted. And through the magic of satellite imagery, digital surveillance, and location tracking, we will send one of our highly trained covert retrieval officers and a not suspicious at all unmarked black SUV. Bagged and tagged, your target will then become the lucky recipient of a highly patented night-night formula so that they may uh, nap comfortably and awaken refreshed once back in your loving embrace. Our officers are top of the line, trained in stealth, suppression, and getting their man-slash-woman-slash-whoever-you-want-us to grab. Just the best. Everybody loves them. There's no one better. Trust me, I know people, and these are the best people. No people better. Nobody is off-limits. Hell, pay us enough and we'll go and get you the... P- what? What? You, what? No, what, what do you mean we can't say that? I own this damn company and I'm going to say whatever I please. Oh, no, don't. Don't you go. No, you get over here right now, you little... <coughs> <coughs> Where was I? Oh, yes. Here at LiftNapped. We'll go the extra mile to grab those who don't want to be anywhere near you. Download our app today and get 50% off your first LiftNap. Oh, And if you happen to look out your window and see a black SUV, don't worry. It just means that someone out there loves you very, very much. And we're back. (sighs) I held my breath the whole time. I stopped listening two seconds in. We call these sponsors? But you were the one doing the narration. (laughs) Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 6. 
The Big Uneasy. Hell House 2. My Life. Oh. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Dan, Jack, and Roy endure a week of confinement at FBI headquarters, where they are sequestered and grilled about the strange occurrences in Leland, Texas. During this time, they receive medical aid for their injuries and are allowed to recuperate, somewhat. Of course, the terrors they have witnessed will haunt them for the rest of their lives. Eventually, they are released. Both Jack and Roy have been given an indefinite leave of absence, while all three have been advised to keep their experiences to themselves. They return home and sleep in their own beds. Unfortunately, none is granted a peaceful night's rest. Jack, you've just pulled back the bed sheets to discover a six-foot rattlesnake coiled at your feet. Aww. It appears a bit sluggish and surprised at the moment. If you're lucky, some quick thinking might give you the upper hand. It's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. I'm going to give you a free action. Ooh. From the back section. Think about how you want to deal with this six-foot rattlesnake coiled at your feet. Roy Facebook's shoot it. I think you should go full Looney Tunes and just tie it into a bow knot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to slowly slide out of the blankets and onto the floor of my legs and then get the hell out of the bed. So that sounds to me like it's going to be... What do you guys think? Is that going to be a stealth? I was thinking a counter. I'll say this is stealth. Too late, I rolled... Uh, uh, I'm spending some luck. Well, you may need to. Yeah. I needed a 60, I rolled a 65. So I am going to spend five luck. Got it. And that leaves my luck at 30. So you basically tried to slowly retract your legs? Slide them out of the off of the bed to the floor. Like, you, you know, when you get out of bed, but very slowly. Because they don't like fast movement. As you begin to move your legs mm-hmm. out from under the coiled serpent, mm-hmm. you can feel its body become rigid and mm. the rattle starts to rattle. Mm-hmm. I fall right back to sleep. I'm a baby. You're just able to get your feet away from the coil when you realize it's going to strike. Quick question. Uh, why is the snake striking? Is Does it want like better benefits packages <laughs> or maybe you know dental? Health insurance, man. Jack Whiteside does not offer health coverage with his insurance plan and the snake is not happy. He has a family with children. I'm going to get out of that bed as fast as I can. And so basically we need to establish order of attack. Uh, Your dexterity is what? 60. And his is 90. So he's going to go first. What? He is going to lash out, basically extend the the length of his body and attempt to bite you. No, he's helping me out of bed. He's just giving a nudge. He's going to try to bite you on your butt. Oh, Jesus. Hashtag butt bite. And then Roy throws a Molotov cocktail into the room <laughs> and burns you both alive. As he's wont to do. What is going to be your counterattack according to the uh, flowchart? So you can either attack back, right. flee, which is a dodge, or yes. maneuver. I have a feeling that his maneuver is going to be a hell of a lot better than mine, though. I think I'm going to try to dodge, honestly. I think that's my best bet, is to try to dodge. So basically, we compare successes. So um, I will go ahead and strike, and then you roll your dodge. I needed a 30, and I rolled a 22. He basically fails to connect with you. His fangs sink into your pillow. No, it's memory foam. And now it's your turn. And you can choose to either attack, flee, or maneuver. I'm going to... No, not Roy. It's stuck in the pillow. Come on. It is defenseless. (laughs) I'm going to 
grab it by the back of its head and pull it up off the pillow and hold it. So go ahead and roll your attack. And this is going to be a fighting brawl. He's going to attempt to dodge. Roll your choke a snake roll. I'm good at it. Fight that brawl. Ooh. Now, can I still spend luck or no? Well, let's see how his dodge goes. Oh, probably not. Even if you spent a yeah. ton of luck? It wouldn't matter. Just for the listeners, I needed a 25. I rolled a 28. Right. All right. So if we take a look at our combat flow chart, and it says combat rolls cannot be pushed, FYI. Okay. Next round, he obviously gets the upper hand, so he's going to attempt to coil around you and basically twist his head around and bite your hand. Mm-hmm. He rolled a 21, out of, and he needed a 40. And I have to dodge, correct? Yep. You can dodge, uh, or you can fight back. Okay. Or you can maneuver in some fashion. And essentially, what if you fight back, that is a fighting brawl. Right. Yeah, I'm weighing my options. A maneuver is the same thing, but uh, you, you're trying to perform a certain effect. Right. I'm going to dodge again. That's, I've got better odds. Okay. Um, I needed a 30, and I rolled a 4, which is extreme. So we're going to go ahead and say that because you rolled an extreme, you described to me how you render the thing incapacitated. So describe that action. I pick up the lamp off my nightstand, pull it as hard as I can to unplug it from the wall. In that same motion, I swing back at it as it's in midair, lunging for my hand to bite me, knocking it against the headboard of the bed and down under the bed. So the snake is now under the bed. Leave it there. Yeah, I'm out. See ya. It'll attack you later. Stick it in a bottle of tequila. Boy, I'm tired. I'm going to go home and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) As you rip out the lamp, smack it as it's lunging at you, it hits the wall and slithers down and then just sort of drapes onto the headboard. The rattle has stopped. You do also notice that the pillow that it had bitten Mm -hmm. has two large holes in it. It has been discolored with some sort of poisonous substance that is green and sort of sticky. It's, you, could, you can actually see like a little bit of sizzling. Quick, suck it out before the pillow dies. So I'm going to grab the pillow and go and rub my face on it. Emphasis on sticky. But otherwise it appears you've rendered the snake useless. And that's our episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks guys. Bye. Have your pet spader neutered. Absolutely. I would like to get to my knife as quickly as I can. Okay. And I'm going to cut it in half. All right. And as you do so, it rears back up momentarily. And then as you finish the cut and bisect it, both halves sort of wriggle, uh, one slipping back behind the headboard onto the floor underneath your bed. You can hear it down there sort of rattling and swishing around. And the other one is lashing around in your hand. But after just moments and the blood is spewing all over your wall, it ceases to move. I'm going to hold it out from me a little bit, but inspect the head of it to see if I can notice if it's uh, if there's any supernatural aspects to it. After seeing the pillow like that, I want to check it out. It is clearly a rattlesnake, Jack. You've encountered this before. It's rather large. It has some you know some unusual markings that you clearly know that this thing is not indigenous to this part of the country. Right. So it is a little odd that the species of rattlesnake would be found here, particularly in your bed. That doesn't make any sense. You're not even sure how this thing got into your house. Yeah, that's bizarre. Or your condo, rather. I'm going to uh, grab my sidearm 
I'm just going to listen. Um, I needed a 49, I got an 81, so I don't have ears. You don't really hear anything unusual. You hear the ticking of the clock, you hear the refrigerator running. You better go catch it. So so I'm going to uh, work my way around the room and just check every window and door. Uh, you move into the main area of your condo. There doesn't appear to be any windows that are ajar, but your front door is unusually unlocked. You're pretty dang sure that you did lock it. The snake unlocked it. I'm going to uh, go up to the door, check the coat closet that's right adjacent from there first. More snakes! Ah! And you're on an airplane! Ah! And Samuel L. Jackson is there. Appears to be empty. Inspect the door without touching it to see if it's ajar or if it's just unlocked. It is latched, but the, the deadbolt is unlocked. Reach into the coat closet, grab whatever material, a light coat a windbreaker, and uh, put it on the doorknob and turn the handle without touching the handle with my skin. So you open up the front door. The stoop appears to be empty. Okay, I'm going to quickly peek out and check my perimeter. Okay, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I needed a 70. I rolled a 98, which is really close to fumbling. (laughs) Do you want to push that or stay with that? I'm going to stay with it. So you poke out your head, check your perimeter, and it appears that the condo grounds are empty. There's nobody out there that you can detect. You even check the outside of the door handle and Mm -hmm. lock. You don't see any evidence that it was tampered with. So probably you just forgot to deadlock it. Shut the door and go into my junk drawer in my kitchen and get out some uh, scotch tape. And I'm going to go back to the front door, open it. And on the deadlock, I'm going to put a small piece of scotch tape over the keyhole and shut my door and lock it. Dan, you're padding down the stairs of Blaine Matter. Intent on searching for more clues to Samantha's whereabouts in the study when the sound of something falling and breaking comes from within. Like within myself? Like, is this an introspective thing? Reach comes down, <laughs> find the source of the breaking. <laughs> Yay. Take a moment to pull out my gun, make sure it's ready. Safety is still on, though, at this point, and I'm just going to kind of uh, combat down, hold it, and slowly pad my way over to the entrance to the study where I heard the noise. So you can see that the study door is open just a little crack, and you see some shadows playing against the wall of the thin slit through which you can look. Damn kids and their shadow parties. Take a couple of steps back from the door. I'm going to gun up and point it in rear back and kick the door open. The study is in disarray. You see the lamp that was on the desk has fallen to the floor and broken. It is very dark in there, and you can see three shapes that appear to be humanoid. Essentially, you get the drop on them. So uh, I need to let you have a spot hidden, please. Ah, I needed a 68, and I rolled a 23. That's a hard success. As your eyes adjust to the darkness, the three figures are cloaked in robes of brown with green satin trim. You also detect a strange, musty odor that is emanating from them. Two of them immediately flee towards the window, and you can see one of them is holding a small obsidian puzzle box that doesn't look really familiar, but he slips it into his pocket, and then they both launch themselves out of the window, shattering the window, and the third figure moves toward you. You get the first attack on this because of the surprise, so I'm going to let you have a free round. Tell me what you do. You know what? I'm going to try and intimidate him into just giving up. All right. 
click the safety off and try and do it hard enough to where it makes an audible click. And I'm going to point my gun directly at him and I say, I spent so many years in the military, I could drop you from two rooms over with my eyes closed. So what you're going to do is come out here into the light slowly with your hands up where I can see them or I will not hesitate to put at least one, if not more, of these bullets in this chamber right through the middle of your eyes. All right. Go ahead and give me a roll. I needed a 60 and I rolled a 100. That's a fumble. So you get scared and run away. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I try to do cool things? The cloaked figure stumbles toward you, and as he gets closer, you can see more of his features, his sunken eyes, and rotted teeth in an emaciated face. He lunges at you with both of his claw-like hands, and he goes... As you are momentarily fumbled and caught off guard by the sight of this disgusting-looking creature who appears barely to be a man, uh, go ahead and roll me some sanity, buddy. Now it works. <laughs> I needed a 65, and I rolled a 46. So that's a success. You managed to pass your sanity roll, and you uh, are not shaken enough to go freaking crazy. But uh, even so, you've been caught off guard, and he's going to lunge at you and take a swing. He only gets one attack per round. And what would you like to do in response? Uh, I'm going to try and take that shot before he can swing at me. So that is going to be a fight back. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out who's got the goods. He rolled a 31. He needed a 30. That's a fail. Uh, I needed a 43, and I rolled a 21. That is a hard success. All right. Go ahead and roll me some demo. 12 points of damage. So you take aim and... Blast him with a bullet, which hits him in the lower jaw, and his face just explodes in a what you thought should be blood, but is just bone and dust. Basically, as you obliterate part of his head, he is obscured by this just explosion of dust between the two of you, and then he lunges through it, and he's going to take a swing at you. With no head? He has, the top of his head is still there. His face is just destroyed. He has one eye left. Uh, I'm going to take another shot, re-aim for what's left of his head. All right, go for it. Uh, I needed a 43, I rolled a 92, that is a fail. So your bullet goes astray, and uh, he rolled 51, he needed a 30, so that's also a fail. You guys both failed, no damage. He's come a little bit closer toward you. You get the whiff of what smells like rotted fungus, almost like mushrooms, as this dust settles in the entryway to the study, and he's lurching closer toward you. And you notice also that he's not breathing heavy or anything. In fact, you don't hear him breathing at all. And he takes a swing at you. He needed a 30. He rolled an 84. That's a fail. Uh, I'm going to again fight back and take that third shot for what's left of his head. I needed a 43, and I rolled a 43. That is a success. And that's 11 points of damage. All right, tell me how you take him down. After he lunges through that dust cloud, it's going to catch me off guard, so I kind of stumble and fall back, and I kind of pull that shot, which is why I miss. So I'm on the ground on my back. As he lunges at me again, I slide out of the way, say, look up and pull my gun up, look at him and say, night, night, sucker. And then just blam right what's left of his head is now gone. And the headless body collapses onto the ground. All you can see left is a neck stump with a little bit of the back of his skull attached. 
And you're, of course, breathing heavy and covered in this disgusting fungoid dust. I need to take a shower. (laughs) Does the robe have any pockets? The robe does have pockets, yes. Uh, I'm going to search the pockets. The quality of the robes is good. They are, like I said, uh, sort of durable brown fabric with some green satin trim. But they smell kind of musty. And in one of the pockets you find what appears to be a handful of dirt. Take a couple of pictures of the body just in case it disintegrates or disappears or whatnot. Okay. As you take a picture of the body, you do notice that there is a strange tattoo on what's left of the back of his neck. Get in a little closer and take a picture of the tattoo. All right. And I'm going to go ahead and share that with you now. And uh, for the listeners, this is a what appears to be uh, some sort of box shape with a star overplanted uh, on top of it with what appears to be... How would you describe that figure in the middle of the star? What is that to you, Dan? To me, it looks like a, a tree branch that's split into the shape of a Y. Like you could, str- you could put like a piece of, you could string a rubber band around it and use it as a, as a slingshot if you want to picture it that way. And how about those symbols that are in each of the corners? In the top left corner, there is a sun. In the top right corner, there is a cloud. In the bottom left corner, there is a lightning bolt. And in the bottom right corner, there is a crescent moon. And this uh, particular tattoo is not, it doesn't appear to be well etched. It's sort of rough, almost as if it were uh, hand-drawn by somebody who's not a professional artist. But to research this further, obviously, uh, you would either need uh, to spend some time at the library, maybe, or if you have any occult skill. Uh, I have five in occult, so I doubt that's going to do me any good. You're welcome to roll it if you like. Okay, might as well. I needed a five, and I rolled a 55. So if I round down to the nearest five, I succeed. The most that you can tell is that it is occult-related in some way, shape, or form. But beyond that, you can't identify any of the symbols. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. You'd have to do more research. Okay. At this point, I'm going to find a, a blanket or something and just throw it over the body. And then I'm going to go take a shower because I'm covered in weird mushroom-smelling fungus-something kind of dust. And that's just icky. You hop out of the shower and you're clean again. You said there was dirt in the pocket, right? There was Um, uh, a handful of dirt in one of the pockets. Okay. I'm going to go down to the kitchen, grab a Ziploc bag, Mm -hmm. go back over to where the body was, and I'm going to take the dirt out of the pocket and put it into the bag because I can know that can be analyzed and they can figure out where the dirt came from, or at least get like a general geographic area. All right, go ahead and uh, put that in your possessions, please. Ziploc baggie of dead man's dirt. I'm going to walk into the study, flip the lights on, and then go over and check out the the damage to the broken window and peek my head out and see if the other two are still out there, if they cleared out. Cleared out while you were taking a shower? Yeah. All right, uh, so you poke your head out into the night air and peer towards the uh, ground where there are shattered glass and some footprints. Why don't you go ahead and give me either a spot hidden or a track? I'm way better at spot hidden. I mean, I've already done one good spot hidden roll tonight, so I'm pushing my luck here. (laughs) I needed a 68 and I rolled a 38. That's a success. So as you look out through the night air and the the moon is quite full and bright, uh, you can see very easily. And with your keen eyes, you do detect that the figures had evidently launched themselves out of the window, landed in the damp, dewy grass outside, and picked themselves up and shuffled off into the night 
um, towards the forest, potentially, back where you guys had uh, cleared out the well and all of that. And you do see a strange bit of green phosphorus moss in one of the footprints that sort of catches the moonlight and glints unnaturally. Put on some shoes, go outside, stop in the kitchen to grab a pair of tongs. As you turn to go towards the kitchen, you do notice that one of the bookcases has been moved away from the wall slightly, and you see what appears to be an alcove revealed behind it that you never realized was there. Pull out my phone, turn on the flashlight, and move over to where that that opening in that bookshelf is and kind of point my flashlight in there and peek in and see just what's behind this bookcase. So the bookcase has been moved far enough away from the wall to allow somebody to at least reach half their body through. And beyond, you can see that there is a an alcove with a, a bunch of shelves. So it's almost like a bookcase behind a bookcase. Uh, the bookcase itself that covered the alcove is, now you realize, hinged. So it could easily swing back and forth and open once the latch was uh, revealed. Beyond, you can see what appears to be some sort of bag. Almost looks like Charles's medical bag. There is a stack of books and some papers. Can I read the the titles of the books that are in there on like the spine? Are they not facing? Oh no, they they they're facing um you'd probably just have to open the bookcase that's covering the alcove a bit wider to get in there and actually search. Okay. Around. I'm going to I'm going to push the bookcase out a little farther so I can get in. So you see that uh clearly the bag is a medical bag of some sort looks very much like Charles's old bag. Um it is dusty. It looks like this alcove has not been revealed in quite some time. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I needed a 68 and I rolled a 16. That is a hard success. You immediately spot next to the medical bag on one of the shelves. There's a small square patch of clear dust and it appears like some little object was sitting there, maybe some sort of box-shaped item at one point, but now is missing. You also notice that there is a book that catches your eye. The rest of the books all appear to be history books, that sort of thing. Uh, The book that catches your eye, of course, is the one entitled, We're Not in Kansas Anymore, The Trappings of Temporal Tripping by H.P. Loveland. Hmm. I'm going to pull that book out, step out of the alcove, and just take a second to look at it. Flip it over, see if there's like a, a descriptor on the back, if it has like a jacket, or if not, I just want to open and like skim the first page or whatever to see if I can't figure out what this book is. Yeah, so the, the book appears to be, uh, it doesn't have a jacket or anything like that. It's it's a relatively older book. It doesn't have a copyright or anything like that on the inside, but obviously you do recognize that author. And H.P. Uh, Loveland was Charles Blaine's doctor at Arkham Sanitarium, the one who prescribed that you guys go to the Contented Cow. And inside, you can quickly glean that this is a book about opening portals in time. What? It seems rather, not literary, but more scientific. There's a lot of scientific babble in there, a lot of theory. It's very dense. You can't necessarily glean the whole of it in just a glance. You would probably have to spend considerable time reading it and rereading it in order to uh, properly understand what's going on here. Can I get some Cliff's notes? <laughs> Not at this stage, nope. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to set the book down on the desk in the study, and I'm going to head 
into the kitchen uh, with the bag of dirt that I got off that guy and a pair of tongs. And I'm going to go outside, pick up that moss that I saw in the footprint with the tongs and put it into the bag with the the dirt. And again, it's uh, just a strange bit of uh, phosphorescent moss that is quickly losing its luster. Do you have any sort of skill that might help you identify this moss? Either science botany or natural world are the two that I'm thinking of. Okay, I'm going to make a natural world roll here. I only have 10, so I I rolled a 47, so I don't know what the heck this stuff is. (laughs) All right, so you'd obviously have to do a little bit more research on this. Roy, you snap awake. You're sitting at your kitchen table with a pencil in your hand and a sketch pad in front of you. Drawn upon the blank white sheet is a rendering of what is clearly a graveyard, a field of teetering headstones and crooked statuary. Standing in the background is a crumbling edifice that can only be a long-abandoned church. As you peer closer, you find a dark humanoid figure has been rendered standing at a window beneath the steeple. I'm going to go ahead and show you this handout now. Oh, whoa. I'm a good artist, man. I think that's Rawhead Rex in the window up there. And none of this is familiar. Suddenly, you're overcome with a dizzying fatigue. I'm going to need you to roll a power roll. A power roll? Oh, I thought that was prisoner of war. That makes more sense. <laughs> I need a 70. I got a 78. That's a fail. I'm going to need you to remove one point of magic points. MP. What's that take you down to and from? 11. Say, although you're down one point, you still have more than me. I only have 10. So you feel this wave of fatigue overcome you, and you are suddenly dizzy. You reach out and grab a, uh, a napkin that's on the table and clench it in your fist, holding tightly to it, and then immediately sweat breaks on your brow, and you daub it away before it can drip onto the sketch that you made. And then the wave is gone, and you're feeling more like your old self. That wasn't so bad. Game over. You die. Well, obviously, I'm startled by this feeling, so I go back to my chair and try and just sort out what's happening. Roll for introspection. The, the, The best that you can recall is that you fall asleep in front of the television, and you dreamed about Samantha Blaine, and that's the last thing that you remember before waking up upright at the table. Well, that's not that uncommon for me, waking up where I don't remember falling asleep. I'm more startled about the surge of power that just went over me and made me less magical. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? Okay. And it is 70, I got a 1, a critical spot hidden. I would like to note that is that is the second critical role in the history of the Lovecraft tapes. He sees everything. Including dead people. I see. I see the ending of this scenario and complete it. All right. So as you stumble back to your chair and sit back trying to uh, recollect what had happened last night, there's just like a little snippet, almost like a jump cut of memory where you realize that while you were sleeping, you at some point were browsing the internet on the home PC. All right. So I'll go to the home PC and look at the history on it. Yeah, you're looking through your browser history and you see... For whatever reason, you were looking for swamp tours near La Place, Louisiana. I guess I was just trying to send Jack back home to get him away from me. I know voodoo. So uh, we'll pick up the the next morning. 
So let's go ahead and start off with Jack. I've been sitting in a chair with a gun at the front door all night. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You've been sort of paranoid from whatever. Little paranoid. I'm going to text Danny and say, let's meet for breakfast. And then I'm going to um, get ready, take a shower, uh, get dressed, shit, shave, all that good stuff. And then um, I'm going to check my uh, my interiors again, my windows and, and entrances. All seems secure. I'm going to take another piece of scotch tape with me as I'm leaving and put it up near the top of the door where the door meets the jam. <laughs> all the way to my car. Danny, you get a text from uh, Jack says, let's meet for breakfast. Uh, I'm going to text him back. Why don't you make that meeting at Blaine Manor? I can cook or we can order out, but you need to see something. Whoa, I guess it was a good day. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not invited, so I'll just sit at home alone. Well, he hasn't <laughs> talked to Danny yet. He's only talked to me. Now go, Danny, go. And then once I finish that text to Jack, I'm going to text Roy and say, meeting breakfast meeting at Blaine Manor. Get here ASAP. And I'll say, uh, is Jack coming? All right, so the three of you meet at Blaine Manor for breakfast. I'd like crepes, please. Dan, you welcome them inside? I guess you're wondering why I called you all here today. No, Is this I'm another not. damn intervention? <laughs> <laughs> yes, our infrastructure is falling apart. I thought you called us here for crepes, idiot. Yes, and I made crepes. They're in the... the kitchen did anything weird happen to you two last night what do you no. mean weird come with me and i'm going to walk them down well, we to the, the hallway first. outside the study where there's the blanket i'm gonna say well uh for one this happened and i'm gonna dramatically yank the blanket off the body oh my god the spores <coughs> so you're finally learning from your old pal roy huh <laughs> what the hell happened here danny i was on my way down from my room i was gonna grab a, a snack you know as you do late at night and i heard something in the study so i gun ready walked around booted the door open to surprise them thinking that you know maybe it was a burglar or someone and there were three of these robe dudes in the room uh two of them immediately spun and jumped out the window as you can see by the lack of window and shattered glass in the back of the room this guy charged me and uh, we went at it for a couple of rounds before I blew his head off. Mm. But the weird thing is, is as you can see, there's no blood. Wasn't really breathing, I don't think. And when I blew his head off, it exploded into a cloud that kind of smelled like mushrooms. I'm going to pull the bag out. He had uh, this dirt in his pocket, and I found this weird moss outside in a footprint from one of his friends. And it was glowing last night. It's not now, but it was. Let me examine that dirt and weird moss. I'm going to hand the bag over to Roy. Uh, how are you going to inspect this? I have a natural world. Roll uh, I needed a 60, I got a 19, and that's a hard success. Holy shit. We'll actually let you examine that for a little bit, because you may need to check some things on your foot phone. Are you all right, Danny? Oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't manage to, to actually touch me okay. at all. It was just strange. There is one thing that you might be able to help with, though, and I'm going to okay. pull out my phone and I'm going to show him the picture of the tattoo on the back of the neck. It, it does look somewhat familiar. So, Jack, why don't you go ahead and give me uh, either a library use or an occult? I think your library use might be a bit higher than your occult. Oh, oh wow. What was not? that, Matt? I needed a 40 and I got a 38 in occult. Jack, as you examine this unusual tattoo, you get a chill up your spine, a feeling that you have not felt in many years. The touch of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recognize that this is a cult symbol? It's a. It's not exactly what you've seen when you were younger, but 
you do recognize it as belonging to the Glatmanite cult. And the reason that you recognize this symbol is that is the cult from which your mother escaped. Oh, so many years ago. Holy crap. When she was attempting to rescue you and your sister from the clutches of Tommy Ray, the leader of the Glatmanites. And obviously, you know, these are uh, folks who are, as you know, snake worshippers. Pretty sexy Mm -hmm. guys. And they are obviously located in Louisiana. Louisiana. Did some disembodied voice just say Louisiana? Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Because I have been... Uh, Well, it's not my normal drunken stupor like usually, but I found out yesterday that in my middle of the night, I was Googling tours of Louisiana. Seriously? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, I was only a little bit hungover when I woke up, so I'm not sure what happened. And as Roy is explaining this to you guys and looking over the bit of moss, Roy, you also get a bit of an uneasy feeling. Peace and quiet. And you realize that from your studies of the natural world back in the academy, this particular moss was relatively common in Louisiana, but more importantly, in the Maripas Swamp. Hey guys, Mm -hmm. this particular uh, moss is common in Louisiana, and more particularly the Maripas Swamp. Uh, We might be having some some issues here, boys. I don't want to do a Jack Whiteside origin story here, (laughs) so... I think we should just stay here. We got crepes. Yeah, let's go eat some crepes. We got crepes. <laughs> Ooh wee, we got crepes. <laughs> Tune in next time for more of Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. How are you guys liking it so far? I think it's great. Yeah. I did something. <laughs> yeah. You said more combat. I'm too oh. old for combat. That's true. All right, uh, well, I'm now it's time for some recommendos. Yeah! yeah, baby. Let's go ahead and start right off the top with Brian. <laughs> Woo! Uh, it's a Netflix original. It's called Nailed It. My daughter actually turned me on to this. It's a cooking show, reality show, kind of. They bring in a dish that is basically dessert, so they bring in like a cake or something. And these three people who are not professionals but would like to learn how to cook better, have to make the exact cake or cookie or whatever it may be. And the one that gets the closest wins $10,000. But it is so unstructured compared to any other reality cooking show or anything like that. They have fun with it. They don't take themselves seriously. I laughed extremely (laughs) loud several times, but it's really good. I highly suggest watching it. The the host is fantastic. And one of the episodes I watched, one of the judges said, well, I got to go pick up my kids. I'll be back. (laughs) Just left in the middle of filming the show (laughs) and they kept it in. So it's very funny. Check it out. Yeah. It's called Nailed. It's on Netflix and it's, uh, it's, it's new. So it's, it's fun. All right. How about you, Matt? Today I got a game that just came out fairly recently called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. It's kind of somewhere between uh, like a walking simulator and a visual novel, but in essence, it is a game about stories. After you lose a poker game to a man called the man in the gray suit, he tasks you with traveling all over the United States with finding stories, collecting stories, and then not only finding other people who are storytellers, but sharing your stories. And you'll see as you you travel around this big map of the United States, you literally walk across the map 
you'll find people, you'll pick up stories, and then you'll find occasions where you meet people at campfires where you have to tell them the type of story they're looking for. And if you give them enough of what they want, they will give you a piece of their their history, their backstory, which you can then tell to other people. And it has this really cool mechanic where when you tell someone a story, chances are you will find someone else somewhere on the map who is retelling the story that you told them, but it's been exaggerated. It's been grown. And the more you find these retold stories and tell them again, the more the tale gets bigger and more grandiose. And you get like this really cool evolution of these really simple little stories that you go into these, these massive epics wherever you go. And it's just a really, a really different kind of game. And it's really interesting. Has a very painted like landscape surreal art style. Uh, it's voice acted and it's done incredibly well. And it is only 20 bucks nice. on Steam. So it's definitely worth a look. How about you, Gabe? You ready? Yeah, I got it. Okay. I got a wrestling company. It's been a while since I've done a wrestling show. I haven't done one this year. I know. It's crazy. So I got one. And it's a company. They do a lot of shows. So I, and I don't really want to pinpoint one because they're all very different. So tastes get in the way. The company is called Progress Wrestling. They're out of Britain. They basically are punk rock wrestling. They do them in these small venues. They've been getting bigger, but when they started, they were all these small venues like bowling alleys and the electric company or something like that. And just some of the matches that they put on are some of the most incredible things in the world because they, even though they're a smaller company, they get some of the best guys, especially on the British scene, to come in and do them. Uh, above all else, I think that they're the best storytelling company in the world. Because the stories that they tell are so engrossing. The best story that they've ever done is the rise of Jimmy Havoc. And that's this guy came into this co- into the company. He's more of a deathmatch style guy when it's more of a strongman wrestling company. He lost every match that he fought in until the first match he won was for the title. <laughs> and then he became just this psychopath that was trying to like murder everyone like he did a bit with uh, Will Osprey where he tied him down and he did the Reservoir Dogs thing and tried to cut his ear off with a razor blade and just went insane and it's excellent so definitely give that a look if you uh, enjoy the wrestling persuasion that's a uh, progress wrestling well speaking of psychopaths my recommendo for today is Murder Obsession a 1981 giallo that I watched on Shudder, directed by Ricardo Freda. You know him. Duh. Ricardo. Yeah. Starring Stefano Petrizzi, Martina Brochard, and Fabrizio Moroni. All those glorious, glorious stars of yesteryear. The plot is relatively familiar. A young man stabbed his uh, musician father to death. And then you flash forward many, many years when he's now an adult man. A famous movie star, actually. And he returns home to uh, visit his mother and the creepy caretaker. And in tow, he has his new girlfriend and some movie friends. And what follows is essentially a black-gloved killer who is stalking around, killing people. All All the bodies start falling one after another. There is plenty of nudity, sex, satanic rituals, dream sequences, the unreliable narrator, of course... And everybody is a suspect until they're dead. <laughs> there is some hilariously laughable gore effects, and in particular, there is a uh, there is a great act scene which I posted on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it was a snapshot from that movie, and it's so patently false. 
It looks like me and Brian did it in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. And there is a uh, a hilarious gigantic rubber spider scene where uh, a woman is basically wandering around the catacombs in her her flimsy nighty, and then she gets caught in this you know, web that's clearly made out of like twine or something. And the and the and the uh, the the giant rubber uh, spider in the middle just sort of you know vibrating in the middle of the stupid web. It's hilarious, and it it, it really does walk the line between so bad it's good. It's not as great as some of the other giallos of that era, of course, but it's 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 hilarious, and it has boobs, awesome. and it's got blood, and it's got all the stuff that you like. <laughs> so uh, I do highly recommend Murder Obsession. You can watch it on Shutter, but it's probably available elsewhere. So. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, because that's a thing now. Google Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and where else do we go? Spotify? Sp- mm-hmm. I think Spotify's a... Uh, still pending or anywhere else you download your regular podcast if you like what you hear please leave us a review meanwhile you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels including facebook reddit youtube and our discord server where you can chat with us in real time k-rock you can find me on twitter at lovecraft tapes and if anyone wants to uh, get a pre-order in on my new manuscript how to roll goodly and investigate other things well Hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anyone wants to explain to me how, in the five minutes of me talking about moss to the f- me eating crepes, I get not sick, you can find me <laughs> at Lovecraft Gabe. If you want to see me hitting on Matt, you can find <laughs> at Brian Podcast on Twitter and Discord. I'm on Discord. Yeah, yeah that All too right. for me. Until next time, roll. For Saturday. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.